guys, I want to thank GoHunt.com Insider for being the title sponsor of this podcast. And I wanted to let you know that when you sign up for the Insider, you can get a $50 Kuyu gift card. All you have to do to get the Kuyu gift certificate is go to www.gohunt.com forward slash insider, click on the blue join now button, and use the promo code JSCOTT at checkout, and they will send you electronically a gift card, $50 to use at Kuyu. I wanted to give you guys a chance to hear Dave Losher, the head of the Go Hunt Insider, as he's talking about the state profile section of the Go Hunt Insider. Let's hear from Dave now. Our state profiles have all the information you're going to need to have a better understanding of the cost and the species and all the important dates that are associated with that state as you apply in the West. And within this state profile in the upper right-hand corner, you can expand the map right here. And once you expand that map, you can see all the different boundary lines and you can hover right over those units. And, and by clicking it, you'll go straight to that unit profile, which we already talked about. And then you can click that same button and go right back to that, that state profile. And then you're going to show the species icon, so you can see every big game species that's offered within that state. And as you go down, we're going to show all the valuable information, the license cost, the, the tag cost within that state on a resident and non-resident basis, as well as the important dates, the draw schedules, the draw deadlines, when a result's going to be available, when can you possibly you know, amend your application or make corrections if that's offered within that state. And then, uh, you know, quick rules, talking about the minimum age to hunt, you know, hunter orange required. You have to wear hunter orange in the field. Also, within the state profile, we talk about if there is a landowner tag system that's in place. And then we also give you the information about the tag lottery and exactly how the draw system works. Do they accept credit cards? You know, can you withdraw your application? Party applications, how many hunters can be on that? Good information that you really need to know. Again, it's a quick reference to improve your odds, to increase your odds. You're going to have to be applying in all the different states. And this is a great resource for you, the user, to be able to, to gain an understanding of each state and get the information you need. Guys, this is going to be a great episode with my friend Cody Nelson at the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix. The Outdoorsman's is a place where I get all of my hunting optics, binoculars, spotting scopes, rangefinders, etc. And we are running a special promotion with the Outdoorsman's. If you call the Outdoorsman's at 1-800-291-8065, Use the J. Scott promo code. You will receive 10% discount on all Outdoorsman's products. Uh, Guys, I am recording this episode up here in my elk camp in Unit 9 in Arizona. And the rut is just kicking off. Uh, The smaller bulls are definitely with the cows. I'm hearing more and more bugling around my camp at night. And uh, some of the smaller bulls are pushing cows around. I have seen some nice bulls, and uh, it should be a great year. I've got lots of reports in from a good antelope uh, across the state, uh, bow hunts and um, rifle hunts, um, some really nice uh, antelope. Uh, also, the uh, statewide uh, auction coos tag just shot, a, just shot a giant coos deer. I'm sure you've seen the pictures uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And it's just shaping up to be a great year. Uh, Guys, I want to thank you for your support of my podcast. Um, It's just overwhelming the the emails and and all of the uh, comments and and Instagram posts. And, you know, the support is overwhelming and humbling. And I just appreciate it. I want to remind you um, to help us out uh, and go on iTunes and uh, leave us a a five-star rating and and, uh, positive comments. That helps our placement on iTunes. 
Uh, guys, uh, I appreciate all the questions and comments. You can email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I get anywhere from five to ten emails a day from listeners uh, talking about their upcoming hunts and, and asking questions and what have you. And when I get done with elk season, we're going to have a couple episodes where I'm just going to answer a bunch of the questions that have come in. And uh, again, I just want to thank you guys for the support. I want to thank the sponsors. Um, GoHunt.com Insider uh, has been the title sponsor of this podcast from the beginning. And uh, they're just phenomenal guys to work with. And um, DeadeyeOutfitters.com. Uh, they make they're hunters and they make uh, quality t-shirts, uh, hats, sweatshirts, hoodies, etc. And uh, they make them with hunters in mind. And the, the, uh, the it's just awesome stuff. And the support you guys have given both of the sponsors is is awesome. And I really appreciate that. Uh, guys, let's get right to the episode here with Cody Nelson at the Outdoorsman's. And don't forget. Uh, to use the promo code JSCOTT when you call the Outdoorsman's and receive 10% off on any Outdoorsman's products. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I've got good friend on the phone, Cody Nelson. And Cody Nelson is the manager and part owner in the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix. And this is the place where I always get all of my optics and, and all of my cool little hunting gear, all the stuff that I use. I've known Cody for many years, and uh, we've had him on the podcast before, and I'm anxious to talk to him. Uh, he is a wealth of knowledge about optics, and uh, he's got a lot of experience in the field hunting, and, and I'm excited to talk to him. Cody, how are you doing? How are you doing this morning, Jay? Thanks for having me on. It's always a, always a good thing to be on the, uh, the Jay Scott podcast. I'm, I'm uh, enjoying this immensely. Right I'm both on. a fan and a participant, I guess I should say. Yeah, so um, I know um, Santa Claus has been good to you in the last uh, couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, I figured you were going to bring something up about that. Um, Cody was fortunate to draw a 13B uh, rifle deer tag with, with not very many points, right, Cody? Uh, I had, uh, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about it, Jay, because... <laughs> this was not exactly a well thought out and uh you know implemented plan like I had this you know secret that you know nobody knew about um i had uh i'm all, I'm really embarrassed to say I had two bonus points um I haven't put in for mule deer in twenty three years and literally about twenty minutes before I was gonna be timed out on my on uh, my uh my tag uh um you know, for the uh, the the uh, game and fish Appli uh, application, you know, online services, uh, I literally made a gut decision and changed my 22 late uh, uh, whitetail tag, and I changed it to 13B meal there, uh, just on a whim. I literally, I've always wanted to do it, just never had the guts to do it because I thought my chances of the drawing were were nil, and uh, I could not believe it when I actually looked at, at where I was at in the draw. I, I, I just, I, I'm still in shock and, and having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I know. I remember when you said your credit card got hit, you know, it, it was a, you didn't know exactly if it was one of your boys or what it was um, or, you know, one of your other buddies. And it turns out you drew 13B. I thought maybe it was going to be another whitetail tag, your second choice. Um, I obviously, 
the podcast listeners know I put in for 13B rifle, one choice. Actually, I did 13B, 13A this year because of the good moisture. Um, and you took my tag, you turkey. I think I did. I think there's a few people that I took their tag, and and I really apologize. And and but I will sure tell you, you this: I will do my very best, and absolute, give it every ounce of effort I have to make all of you that did not get drawn proud. That's what I will try to do for everybody out there. Um, yeah, we'll I be am, cheering for you, buddy. Well, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. It's kind of fun to learn something new, and and. Uh, and apply what you know what what tactics you already know, and, and it's kind of fun to get that energy to learn a new unit that, uh, quite frankly, I don't have a lot of experience in. But um, so I'm Cody, gonna... I I know that you know you and I are both um, avid whitetail, choose whitetail hunters, yes, and sir. I'm curious um, in your mind with your strategies, um, in your expectations and your strategies going into the 13B hunt, um, being a Big time glasser. Um, how do you think that's going to play? What kind of role do you think that's going to play in that 13B rifle hunt? Well, I, I, I think it's going to be a huge factor. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm look. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that I'm, you know, a mule deer expert. I've been around it enough um, that the 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 same things that would apply in a whitetail scenario would apply for a mule deer scenario. The difference being is is that the country up there that that we're looking at is absolutely enormous, and it can let a guy overwhelm you. If, if you let it, it could overwhelm you. And I think the what I'm going to try to do with this whole hunt is look for me to sit here and tell you, oh Jay, I'm going to go in there and and I'm going to hammer that whole unit. That, that's just that's garbage. Um, I am trying to hone in on you know, a handful of spots, four, five, six spots, and get to know them extremely well. Um, use my optics as much and as often as possible. And the only difference that I would tell you in this hunt from a whitetail hunt for me is that because this is, you know, that beginning stages and, and could potentially be, a, you know, right smack dab in the middle of a rut for the mule deer, um, I know that I'm going to have to be a little bit less um, or a little bit more mobile and being able to move from spots to spot um, because the deer might be moving. So, you know, these deer will go a long way, you know, to find ruddy, you know, or to find does that are cycling. And, and so I just, you know, whereas I might stay in a spot for an entire day and just pound it, um, I don't think that's quite the strategy that needs to be used, you know, on this mule deer hunt. So, I think it just it, it just depends on the scenario, but um, I think the biggest key is is using your glass as much as possible and as efficiently as possible. But if you're not seeing a lot and you're not you don't have a lot of movement and you don't have a lot of you know mule deer does, you got to move to the next spot and, and keep looking for them. Yeah, and I think um, you know we're used to hunting coos deer where you could literally sit on the same hill basically in one spot look across a big canyon on a big face and glass it for four days and the same buck be standing right there you know on the fifth day and you know he was there the whole time I feel like in my experience hunting mule deer is you know you're gonna see them yeah you've got some thick country but if they do come out in the opens at all you're gonna see them so I definitely think being a little bit more mobile is probably going to help you on that hunt. Um, Cody, I, 
I've been on a lot of hunts with you, and you are a very good glasser. You have a very keen eye. You pick up a lot of movement, and you have the ability to just sit and really watch and observe and see what's happening. I would ask you, what makes a good glasser in your mind? Um, well, look, I mean, the obvious things are, are, you know, A, putting your optics on a tripod, you know, um, number one. Um, having good optics, number two, I mean, well, number, number, the, the three of these are, I go, they go hand in hand. Number one is having good optics. Uh, number, number two is having, uh, you know, putting them on a tripod. And, and I think that, again, the, the, the third one is something that people really have to learn, and it's patience. Um, and I've talked about it before, but patience, uh, you have to take the, the land that you're looking at right now, you have to look at the obvious spots that you go, if I was a deer, where would I be? You, you, you hammer those. And, and when those aren't, you know, if that's not producing, you've got to be able to, to really pick apart the landscape and every conceivable option, grid out your, you know, if you want to grid it or you want to pan left and right, however you want to do it, but you've really got to slow down. And I think people, you know, that, that pull up the truck, look for three seconds, get back in the truck and take off, I, I don't think that works. And I'm not saying guys don't get lucky and whatever, but I, in certain scenarios, I, I think guys really need to slow down when they're glassing. And, and that doesn't mean I mean slow down like you have to spend three hours in one little, you know, basin. I just, guys really need to slow down their panning and they need to overlay their, their, their fields of view and, and really pick the, when you, when you start with a field of view, you have to use your eyes in all the way around and, and, Again, whatever motion you do that in, but the 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 second that you if 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 you go from a field of view and you look at it for three seconds and move on to the next, I would say that there's many times that you're missing something. And yeah, I just I I would totally agree with yeah. I mean that that's great advice. I would totally agree with you. I I can tell you from personal experience um, when glassing a lot of times for coos deer. Um, you know, if, if I've glassed for an hour or so and not much is happening, I consciously tell myself, slow down, pick it apart. And it's amazing once I put myself back in the mindset of pick it apart, slow down, that I start picking up, you know, a black coos deer nose or the flick of a tail or the ear or, you know, a, a bedded and you see a black eyeball. I mean, it's, it's amazing when you get yourself to slow down. You know, um, glassing with Dar and being uh, a hunting partner of Dar's and guiding partner of Dar's for a long time, we talk about a lot of times we glass very, very fast. And at at prime time, first light, um, we are scanning those areas that we think are high probability of of having an animal uh, be in. And we're glassing very, very fast. If you watch Dar glass, he, he, he moves his eyes, he moves his his uh, pan head, he moves very, very quickly at first light. And then he kind of settles in and I kind of do the same thing. And I I think it's important and I want to get your take on this as well. I think at prime time or even when say 10, between 10 and 2 or at times when all of a sudden you notice deer popping up, I I actually tend to glass a lot faster because I'm trying to catch that one time that that buck is going to be in open view. And then when things seem to be slow, you know, slowing down and deer don't be seen or deer elk, whatever, don't 
or sheep don't be if they're not out in the open, then I tend to slow down and start picking things apart. Well, is that kind of the approach? I, I, you I take? think that's exactly what we're saying is that, and you have to know your situation. And 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 I'll say this um, on on the many different times, Jay, that like you sent me, you know, when we were guiding people into some crazy spot that I'd never actually laid you know my own eyes on before. Um, I would tell you that um, you literally. If you don't know the country and you don't know where the deer should be or the elk or whatever it is you're looking for, I think you 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 know in the prime time you have to speed up. You have to look at everything that you think is going to be good, but you have to let the you know what's going on dictate when and how you're doing things. Because if all of a sudden I go time or a length of time without seeing something, I'm naturally going to slow down and, and do exactly what you're talking about to to the point of. You know, you're telling yourself, hey, slow down, be methodical, be methodical. Don't let, you know, don't let anything get by you. But I'm still in the middle of those times. Let's say I go a couple grid patterns left and right and a couple, you know, grids down. I still might, in those instinctual spots, I might quickly go back up there and go, you know what, that's just too good up there. I want to look at it again, and then I'll go right back to where my where my gridding is. So, I, I think if you're really familiar with the country that you're in, you're always going to go back to those spots where you've seen deer before or elk or, or sheep. But then also there's times where if you're in a new spot and you don't know the habits and the patterns, you, you, I, I, I tend to, to do exactly what you and Dar are always doing in the prime time. I am looking and fast and trying to get on stuff as quickly as possible, you know, because that prime time is either going away or it's, or it's going to start. And 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 when when that time feels like it's slowing down, I go right back into a gritting you know uh, uh, you know uh, frame of mind and and really trying to find deer uh, in places that I've never seen them before or whatnot. So um, I think guys have to they really have to feel what's going on around them. I mean I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I one quick question uh, when you're talking about gritting, you know. Yes, I, I like to grid things. I like to overlap my field of view like what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm a left to right, right to left. I'm a horizontal. I'm, when I'm gridding, I want to get how you do it, but I'm not up, down. I, I do my sweeps left to right, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and then move myself from usually from top to bottom, you know, start at the top of the mountain, grid back and forth, sweep. I call it sweeping, sweep back and sure. forth, back and forth, and then I'm curious if, if, if you do the same looking you um, know, left to right or are you an up-down? I will tell you that I almost always let the terrain dictate to whether I'm – there are just certain places that where you're sitting, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the terrain has a certain flow to it. And I will always tell you that if I'm looking – you know, if I'm sitting and I'm level and I'm looking at a mountain across from me or a ridge line – and that ridge line is a 45-degree angle, and every tree on it, let's say it's an old burn and everything's downed, well, I, don't, I will sometimes work from a top to bottom because I'm looking for linear changes in, in, in maybe what the, the details of the land dictate. So um, I'm, it, it, I, always, I, I almost always am left to right, but it, it really depends on the terrain that I'm looking at. Yeah, so, that makes sense. That makes sense. I've spent a lot of time glassing with you, and um, 
Uh, I am amazed always at your sharp eye. I do get a kick out of, uh, um, and, and you do the same with me, but I, I remember specifically a time uh, we were doing some glassing, and I was like way back there, and I called you guys on the radio, and I said, hey, did you guys see that buck that's, you know, So you had to bring this up, didn't you? You had and, to bring and, it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. I had to. I see, I see where and we're going with you this. you and Goff, I could just tell you and Goff were like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 didn't I refer to that as uh, it's kind of like being outfished from the back of the boat? <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that one, Jay. That kind of hurt my feelings, and, and you just had to point that out that you found that deer. And, and what, what's funny about that is, is that little shoot that you were looking at, I will tell you that because I have glassed there so many times, this is a perfect example. Um, that little shoot where that deer came out, I had looked at a thousand times in days before, and I had looked at that shoot the morning before, and it just goes to prove to you that, you know, eventually that's a little shoot that I would have gone back to, and 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 you did. You put eyes on it, and you're like, hey, what what does that buck look like up there? And and here we are going, <laughs> man, we just looked at that thing. I mean, you know, that deer wasn't there five minutes ago. So it just goes to prove to you that, you know, once you start and once you grid and once you go through a sweep or a however you want to word that, if you think that there's places instinctually that are going to have deer in it, you've got to go back to them and look at them because that is a prime example of, you know, we, we had looked at that, that little shoot that day, and you know what? We got embarrassed because you I, – I, and, Jay, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I think you were a half a mile to a three-quarters of a mile behind us. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, – we got out fish from the back of the boat. I definitely I had the koa sweeping that morning and just caught a little movement, but you know it it happens both ways. Um, you and Goff have obviously been been in the same situation with the roles reversed. Um, Cody, I want I want to ask you specifically about uh, some of the new products that I'm seeing come online. And one thing I wanted to say first is you know one of the things. Uh, the reason that I uh, shop at the Outdoorsman's and buy my my optics at the Outdoorsman's is because of you and the guys that you have working for you and, the, you know, the owner, Floyd Green. You guys are all hunters, and I, I think it's important for the listeners to hear how, you know, Cody can talk optics, but the reality is Cody can talk hunting, and I think there's a lot of shops out there, and I'm not going to pick on any of our uh, listeners from the East Coast, but, you know, there's there's competitors of yours out there that they're not hunters. They, they don't they don't glass. They don't they don't, you know, know the ins and outs of all of the optics and why those particular optics are better than others and not picking on anyone, just stating a fact in my mind. Um, that is one of the reasons why I think the outdoorsman sets itself apart as the optics authority. Um, how important to you is that? And, you know, is that a mission of, of the company to make sure that the, the, the people that work there are, are avid hunters or, or is it just something that's happened by default? Well, Jay, first of all, I mean, thank you for the compliments, but, you know, and, and, and I give a lot of credit to Floyd and, and the guys who previously worked here because, the truth is, is that that's how this business came to what it, what it is, is because 
of the love of hunting and and the knowledge and the quest for you know having the best gear and 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 not even all the time the best gear but just using your gear to be the most efficient hunter you could be because i think what this is all you know the whole purpose for this is is for us to be able to find more game and enjoy that time outdoors and and you know whether it's for kids or your you know your loved ones or whatever you're doing at family time all that's you know the most important stuff but everybody agrees that man it's a whole lot funner when you see a lot more game i mean my kids go nuts you know when when i show them deer all the time so um you know getting back to that it's we're in the outdoors all the time um pretty much everybody in the building to my uh, except for one person didn't everybody drew tags this year so um i as an owner and floyd uh, as my partner, you know, we expect our guys to use different gear, take different stuff out, look at it, compare it, um, understand the differences that when somebody asks you, well, what's the difference between this and that piece of glass? And, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's not fair for me to give opinions because I get to use whatever I want when I want. But at the same time, if somebody asks me my opinion, I will absolutely give it to them. But at the same time, um, I will... I will try to educate the buyer as to what piece of glass um, works for them and not just what I see through my eyes. And, you know, that's the whole thing is that we expect our people to be in the field, looking through glass, comparing glass, and when they come back to the shop and someone asks them the question, well, have you used this? The, the answer almost always is, yes, I have. And I've compared these two, and here's what you're going to find good about this. Here's what you're going to find good about this, and you know, the pros and cons of each. And at the end of the conversation, what I'm, what my hopes are is, is that the buyer goes, man, you know, he just, he wasn't trying to ram stuff down my throat. He was literally trying to help me make the best decision for me. And I think that's what we do really, really well. We serve, <coughs> excuse me. I think we do a really good job of of having great knowledge. And we we do a real good job of servicing people and educating people. And, um, you know, we get I, – I can't tell you how many calls that we get, you know, from back east. And guys are just – they're literally grateful um, that nobody was just trying to sway them, that they were literally learning something at the time. And and um, I think that's what we pride ourselves on, and we I, I, I'm proud to, to, to help out with people. And, it, and we get phone calls back after the hunts and, like, and, you know, people t- tell us flat out, man, that was the best advice. You guys were so right on the money. Um, this worked perfectly. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that my guys and, and myself and Floyd, we, we, we just we really try to take care of people <clears throat> and, and act as if it was our own hunt that we were going on. So Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and I, I think that's why, how and why you guys set yourself apart from the others. Um, I, I have interviewed Dean uh, Capiano from Swarovski. Um, the, the episode has not aired as of yet, but um, we talked um, about the uh, Swarovski X, X5 scope, and I know you recently had some experience with the X5 scope. Um, talk to me about that, please. <coughs> Excuse me, Jay. Um, yeah, the, the, we, we, this has kind of been a long-awaited uh, um, uh, announcement from Swarovski that we – and. Um, and when I say long-awaited, uh, <clears throat> we've had we've had numerous conversations over the years about bringing a, uh, a, a quote-unquote long-range hunting scope to the market. Um, 
and boy, did they, whoa, they, they did a fantastic job with this new X5 scope. <clears throat> um, I, I had the opportunity to go to uh, what's called the, uh, the FTW Ranch in, uh, in, in uh, it's, I guess it's a little, it's Barksville, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Barksdale, uh, Texas, which is just a little north and, and west of, uh, of San Antonio. And I, 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 I didn't get a chance just to look through the scope and see the scope. Um, I got to go through their SAM course, which is the, uh, the Sportsman's All-Weather, All-Terrain Marksmanship course. Um, it was an abbreviated course. It's normally a four-day course, but this was a two-day course. And I shot over 300 rounds of, uh, of, of uh, ammo um, at various targets from 100 yards all the way to 1,800 yards uh, over, um, over a two-day period. Um, using the X5 scope, uh, using a couple of different reticles, uh, a couple of different power ranges, um, and, and actually putting through the paces of zeroing a rifle and, and walking a gun from 100 yards zero all the way out to, uh, on one gun I shot out to 1,400 yards, and then on another gun I, I was fortunate enough to use a, uh, a 338 Lapua, and actually, uh, and ring the bell a couple times at uh, at a mile, um, with you know basically 1,800 yards. Um, I, I can't speak highly enough for the grade of glass that's in the scope, um, the the exactness and the repeatability of the the the, the movements in the turrets um, was absolutely. It's as good as any scope as as I've ever used and. Um, for anybody or anybody that's listening that, that remembers what the old True Track, um, you know, T10s or T8s of the old Weaver scopes, <clears throat> um, I thought that this scope was was absolutely on the money, and is going to serve the long range hunting community really really well. <clears throat> so you've got uh, a couple different uh, options. You're going to have um, scopes that range from Three and a half to 18, and five. Uh, I'm sorry, three and a half to 18 by 50, and then the other series will be a five to 25 uh, by 56. Um, you have about six different radical options. Um, some of them are in in a uh, uh, um, illuminated uh, options as well, and it didn't matter which one we used. We found them to be absolutely repeatable and and on the money, especially when we were when we're walking those those you know uh, uh, targets out from literally a hundred to you know uh, literally fourteen hundred yards on a regular basis. It, it was truly amazing how good the scope actually was. Cozy Cody from a cozy <laughs> Cody from a usability standpoint from uh, you know if, if if you're not just a uh, expert marksman, how is the usability? I mean, can someone that that shoots a gun, shoots a rifle, you know, quite often, but not, is definitely not an expert? Um, <clears throat> is it something that they can use very easily? Absolutely. Um, and here's the thing, and I'm going to say this because I think this is something that we all do. We get scopes, we take them off, we mount them up, and we literally take the box and all the instructions, and we put them on a shelf, and we go out and try to figure stuff out. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you as a person that sells optics every day, please read the instructions because it not only will make my job easier when you do ask me questions, 
it, it, and we're both going to be speaking the same language, um, it, it's going to make your time and, and, and your experience with that scope or binocular or, or rangefinder way more enjoyable. So first, read the instructions. Once you've done that, it makes the whole process so much easier. But it, it, to give you an example, um, we put the scopes on, we bore sighted, and then we we basically put them on paper, and I had a scope that was set up and ready to go in zero at 100 yards probably within 30 minutes. And I was able to use that zero for the rest of the weekend. And it was true and stayed, you know, 100% on. So, yes, this is a scope that, that you know, if you understand the scope and you read the directions and, and take the advice from, from us, um, the things that you will be able to accomplish that that scope will be absolutely uh, phenomenal. It, it'll be amazing. So, um, Cody, um, are you guys taking pre-orders for those right, right. now, or when we are, are they going to be delivered? We are taking pre-orders. Um, the, the, it's due to release. Um, the last I heard was the end of October, uh, early November is, is what we're being told right now. Um, you know, and, and those scopes are all coming out of Europe and, um, it's, uh, I'm just, we're really excited about it because this is, um, this scope has been, I believe six or seven years in the making. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, we've been asked several questions, um, at different times over the years about what we want and what we would like to see in these scopes. And, and I, I'd almost like to tell you that we had a hand in, in the creation of it. Um, but it's something that Swarovski kept very tight to the vest and they, they wanted to do it right and, 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 and come out with a scope that was really going to make an impact. And I think they, they hit the, the, I think they hit the nail right on the head perfectly. Are the turrets, um, are you going to be able to put the turrets on that scope? Yeah, uh, actually, you will be able to use the, either in Milrad or MOA. Uh, most of the scopes that I used at the, uh, at the FTW ranch was, um, uh, were all in, uh, the ones that I used were all in, in MOA. Um, you know, some guys are Milrad guys, and, and that's fine, and that, that's another system and, and, you know, easy to use as well. Um, but the nice thing about this is is that when it's all said and done, you will be able to use uh, your ballistics to create a custom etched turret that will allow you to, uh, you know, to basically, uh, you know, what I like to call and what the outdoorsman you know, has, has coined as the range dial shoot method. You're going to range your target. You're going to dial your, your, your specific turret data, and you're going to, you know, put the crosshairs on him and, 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 uh, and shoot. Have so, they built that scope so that it will go out? Uh, the turrets will go out past 900 yards. Oh, geez. Uh, the I was shooting uh, on the one gun. I was shooting a 6.5 Creedmoor, and I I had a hundred yard zero, um, and I routinely went to a thousand and twelve hundred yards. Um, and the way that my gun sighted in. I actually was able to go right to 1,400 yards with that scope. Um, now, um, I, I'm, I want to be clear when I say this. I'm not one of these guys that says, oh, um, you know, let's go shoot a, a, a coos deer at 1,400 yards. I, I'm, I'm not saying that um, because I missed as many as I hit at those distances. So... <laughs> 
when I say that, yes, you will absolutely be able to shoot at those distances. Um, the 338 Lapua that we ended up being able to shoot, uh, we shot that scope uh, all the way out to 1,800 yards, and we were just starting to get close to the uh, um, to the end of its range uh, on in terms of uh, of how many clicks you could go up. And uh, I think your one of them is 80 MOA per revolution, or I'm sorry, it's 20 MOA per revolution, and it's 80 on the three and a half to 18. And then I believe the the five to twenty five, it's a hundred and twenty. Um, so it, the, the the amount of scope that's there is probably way more than most of us will ever use or need, you know, for hunting purposes. But boy, is it sure sure fun to reach out and, and touch those steel gongs at at uh, at those those you know yardages. Absolutely, Cody. I want to take a quick break here and hear from our sponsors, and uh, we'll get right back to you. I want to talk to you after the break about uh, uh, range finders, uh, what guys are uh, using for archery and rifle and if there's a difference. So let's take a quick break here. Guys, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of this podcast. DeadeyeOutfitters.com is a lifestyle hunting apparel company for hunters by hunters. Check out episode 45 of this podcast with one of the owners and you'll see what I mean. Deadeye Outfitters makes quality t-shirts, sweatshirts, and hats designed with hunters in mind. Deadeye Outfitters has the only license for creating Boone and Crockett apparel. Use the J. Scott promo code and receive a 10% discount on all purchases at DeadeyeOutfitters.com. All right, Cody, um, I want to talk to you about uh, range finders. Um, I've been real happy with my Swarovski EL range, and I've had it for several years now. And um, I know you guys sell a lot of range finders. I'm curious as to what are the hot sellers now and kind of talk to me all about the ins and outs of of, uh, either range finding binoculars and range finders themselves. Sure. Um, You know, as of lately, uh, there's a couple things that have been going on. you know, and I, I like to kind of divide these up into categories because, you know, uh, we, we have kind of, you know, the, the long-range, you know, rifle guys have one set of needs and the bow hunters have another set of needs and, and then you have the guys that do both and then, you know, you have the guys that want lightweight and don't care about the binocular, they just want a, a lightweight, you know, a compact rangefinder. So I, I guess, the you know, the easiest place to start with that is is that, um, the compact rangefinders, you have a, a couple of different options, and, 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 and I think that there's, um, there's kind of a need for them all. Um, you know, Vortex has certainly got their Ranger 1000 that does an awesome job. Um, you know, it's about a $375, you know, piece of gear. Uh, it ranges really well. I'm going to tell you that it consistently ranges really well out to about 800 yards, um, if you keep it absolutely still, you can range out to beyond that. Um, you know, the glass is good, solid glass. Um, it has a lifetime warranty, which I believe is the only, I, I believe at this point in time, it's the only piece of glass that's a rangefinder that actually carries a full lifetime warranty on both the electronics and the glass. So that's something a little different. Guys like that, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great piece. The next one would probably be the the Leica uh, CRF uh, 1000R. Uh, 
the glass in the in the Leicas is is the best glass of all the compact rangefinders, without a doubt. It's there's quite um I don't want to say there's no comparison, um, but it is the best glass. Um, the unit the this unit is about a five hundred ninety nine dollar uh, unit. Um, it, the nice thing about it is is that from uh, you, you get uh, the 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 R stands for the rifleman's rule. Which is basically going to um, use the inclometer for angles. You know, you, uh, so you'll be able to uh, get your angles down if you're shooting at a 30 or a 45 degree angle downhill or uphill. So it's uh, not an actual angle compensator, but it does give you the angle, so you can do the computation. What, no, 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 it, no, it, no. It actually it'll tell you the the shoot for distance. So it'll okay. It'll okay. tell you the the line of sight. It'll tell you the shoot for distance. So okay. or corrected distance, if you will. Um, so that's why that's a real good one for, you know, there's a lot of bow hunters that like that. There's a lot of, uh, of rifle hunters that like that. Um, so. The, and what's the minimum, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but on the Vortex and on the, the Leica, that, uh, is it 1000R, what are the minimum ranges on those? Uh, you're looking at, uh, at 10 yards and those will go out to, uh. Go, you know, it'll go out to a thousand, um, but the it, it's still that ten yards to 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 six hundred um, is what the 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 most consistent and best data you're going to get from the uh, um, uh, from the rifleman's rule. And then the next one, Jay, is the sixteen hundred B, and that's a little different in how you have to set it up because it's actually going to give you. Um, it's actually going to give you flight paths that your ballistics from your rifle actually set closer to. The difference being is that it actually ranges much longer distances than the thousand yards. So some guys that that need that extra length and distance in their in their ranges, um, maybe they want to range a hillside that lets them know that if they get to that hillside, they can cut the distance in half to the to the animal. Um, that you know, that's where those long, you know, the, the longest of the rangefinders work really, really well for that. Um, that unit is a uh, is an $800 unit, um, so those have been real good lately. Um, probably the two most popular, you know, compact rangefinders are the the Vortex Ranger uh, 1000 and the uh, the 1000 R from Leica. Those those seem to be the hottest things lately. Um, as far as the binoculars go, um, there are when you get into the range of the binoculars, um, all of them have good glass because you have you have the the, the Leica, um, and Leica's got several different models. Um, you have the the Zeiss RFs. Um, the, the, all of the glass is phenomenal. You have the Swarovski ELs, and I can't say enough about you know all of them. Um, the two most popular things going right now that we see a trend going to, number one, um, is a lot of the rifle hunters are absolutely using um, the the EL range, um, you know, the 1042s. Um, they're, I mean, I've gotten ranges out to 1,948 yards on them. They do angle compensation. The angle compensation really is going to be good out to about 1,000 yards. Um, and I think that, you know, all in all, it's the best long range rangefinder going. Um, I think my farthest distance is night. I, I want to say 
if I remember right exactly, it was uh, almost 1,948 yards, which to me is astounding. Um, and again, that's for guys that are either doing you know super super long range targets or they're they're wanting to range a, a, an animal and then try to figure out what's you know what's the next you know piece of topography they can use to get closer. Um, the, the the glass is absolutely phenomenal in those. Um, they can be tripod mounted. Um, we can do that here at the Outdoorsman's for that. Um, you know, they're, uh, I, I think those are going to retail for 32, right at 3,200 bucks. Um, so that, that, that's a great piece of gear. Um, you have the Zeiss RFs. Um, we can mount those on a tripod. Um, they have a really quick, uh, target acquisition time. Uh, they're really responsive. Um, they do have the ability to put, um, and figure out what the arcs are in them so that you can get, you know, your holdover. Um, so that's a – a lot of people don't like to use that gear, but we do have a ton of people that want to use the absolute distance. I find that a lot of guides like to use the Zeiss because, you know, uh, of the fast acquisition time on the, on the, uh, the ranging and getting them a number. Um, the most interesting one lately has been the Leica uh um in what they call a a geovid um uh, uh hdr uh and it's called a there there's a type 402 and a type 403 the 402 is an 8 by 42 binocular and the 403 is a 10 by 42 binocular uh they retail um starting at about 20 i think it's 20 uh 2550 for the two pieces um I think the 1042s are, are they end up at 2650. The interesting thing about this is is that in the bow hunting world, um, the people have been asking for or archers have been asking for the button um, to be located on the left side or I'm sorry the the, the right side forever. And uh, Leica responded and they put the button on the right side. But what they did, I think that's the most interesting with this piece of gear, is they they made it so the range will start at 10 yards and it goes out to 600 yards, and it's a very accurate inclometer. So, I, I you know, I, I can't tell you how many pairs we've sold, but it's a lot in the last maybe four, four to five weeks. Um, the, the archers have been going berserk over this particular piece of glass because the button's in the right spot and it ranges down to 10 and it, you know, so it, it'll work for a guy sitting in a tree stand or a ground blind as well as, you know, a rifle hunter that, you know, maybe he just wants to shoot out to, to 600 yards. So um, we've sold a ton of those just in the, in, in recent months uh, just based on the fact that the button's on the on the right side and the uh um and, and it goes down to ten yards so um i I think that's a real good piece of gear and and uh we've been real fortunate to uh to 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 have some good sales around that yeah, it sounds like it um that's all interesting stuff um I wanted to ask you a question about uh warranties and ask you a question about um you know, your competition and, and how you handle if people are shopping around for optics, what would you tell them uh, about the outdoorsmans? Um, well, in terms of the warranties or in terms of, of 
in in terms of price comparison and and you know um if if someone's shopping around for optics uh what would you tell them as far as why to buy from the outdoorsman well i i i again i think it falls right back on what you and i spoke about um do you do you want to buy from somebody that's actually taken them out and field tested them and use them or do you want to buy them from somebody that that basically is just reading off a chart um and, and you know what there's a lot of guys out there that know something or whatever but I, I, I there's times when i've gone into places and no you know I, I don't know i don't claim to be any famous person by any stretch of the imagination but you walk in and you start talking to a guy and ask him and and just kind of figuring out what somebody knows or doesn't know and and you realize um you know uh i'm really proud of my guys for for you know staying in there and learning this stuff and, and comparing stuff because I, I think that's what it really comes down to is, is people trust us. Yeah. And when people buy optics from you, Cody, and let's say that they're, they have a problem or something happens or they drop them or break them or what have you, um, one of the things you have sent several pairs back for me, and I think that's a, a huge plus for me in dealing with guys, one, that I know, two, that are extremely knowledgeable and hunters, but three, uh, I walk in the door and show you what I've done, and you just laugh and smile, <laughs> box them up, and send them off. And yep. I, I think you know I'm not alone, and I know you handle uh, taking care of people very well. Um, talk to me a little bit about how that works. You know, I, I think that it, it comes, Jay. It comes back to again what we talked about is servicing, and uh, and when we feel when you you know put your trust in us and you've, you know, paid your money and you, even if it was your fault or somebody else's fault or, you know, no matter what happens to that piece of glass, um, people trust us. They walk through the door of this. I've had people send it, you know, I've had people send stuff from back East to me to look at it just to help them make the decision on whether they think they should send it to Srovsky. So, um, we just feel it's another part of what we do in our service to, to people. Um, and we know the language and we know, you know, how to describe the problem so that, that the problem gets fixed and that, that you know, it, it, whether we're dealing with Swarovski or Vortex or Leica is that we get the best product and service back for our customer. And I think that we do a real good job of being that middle person um, and, you know, some companies don't want to deal with that. They'll just tell you send straight stuff to, you know, to Swarovski or, or whoever it is they're sending to, and and I just feel that that's um, you know that's a part of what we do is is it, 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 is our service doesn't end when you make the sale. Um, and I, I, I mean, I personally, remember certain... I think that's when our that's just when our service starts. Sure, you know, I, I mean... can tell you cer certain circumstances where you know um, I've heard of people where that they've broken their binocular, or what have you, and and been real close to a hunting season. And I know you've personally called the people at the companies, you know, whichever one of the companies it may be, and you know people inside there and say, look, this guy's got to hunt. He, we got to turn these around fast. And I think that's the difference between buying at, 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 a, at a local shop that is, you know, customer friendly as opposed to some of the big box stores that they don't give a flip. I mean, yeah, they don't care. Jay, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and I want to point this out that we don't abuse that. We we do what has to be done when it has to be done, and you know there's a lot of people that would you know try to get that in in 
in trying to twist something around so they got something back faster than somebody else. And and the fact of it is is that most repairs take four to eight weeks. It just depends on the time of year and you know what everybody does this is what I would tell people not to do. If your glasses are good to go for the season, ride them out through the season. And when when it's the slow time of the year, you know, from January to say you know uh, May, send your binoculars in then. But what happens is is that we have a lot of people um, that wait till the very last minute, and then they're a little upset that we can't get binoculars turned around for them quickly because they're going on a hunt. And, and I would just tell you that um, you know <laughs> just you know be methodical about it, and, and you know if your glasses are good to go. Use them and and send it in when it's when it's appropriate. But if there's an accident that happens, or you, I mean, we've had guys drop them off cliffs, um, roll them down hills, roll over them with a truck, leave them on the bed of a truck, leave them on a tailgate. You you name it. Um, it, it is quite funny to hear all the <laughs> the stories that come in with these. But accidents do happen, and those are the times that when people get in a pinch that we really try to go the extra mile and help people out and help get things uh, done more expeditiously than, than maybe, you know, somebody else would be able to get done that we just try to work really hard at, uh, at staying on top of that. Cody, I want to jump into 15s. Um, I've used the Swarovski 15s. I've had every generation of the Swarovski 15s. Uh, but I know you sell um, Vortex, uh, Zeiss, and Swarovski in the 15s. Um, I believe Leica, too. Well, Leica I, I has want their, you, yeah, they have a GeoVid uh, rangefinder. I want you to talk to me a little bit about the 15s and um, in the different companies and what you see as the positives of, of each. Um, you know, I guess let's start with Vortex. And, you know, you got Vortex that, that comes in around the – the $1,200 mark and, and, you know, lifetime warranty, great piece of glass. Um, and, you know, but the biggest question I get is why buy Vortex, you know, over, you know, Zy or Swarovski or the other way around um, or, you know, what, whatever the, the, the make is. And, and I just, I think people need to, um, again, they need to kind of figure out what their budget is for what they want um, some people will come in and buy stuff just because somebody told them it was the best. Some people come in and buy stuff because um, they, you know, they can't afford something uh, or you know whatnot. So um, I, I like to kind of just basically say that you know if you're a, a guy that just wants the best piece of glass you can afford, um, I mean you know the Swarovski and the Zeiss. Um, you know, and, and even the 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 Leica, you know, Geovid, even though that's in the rangefinder class, I mean, th those pieces of glass are as good as it gets in the business. And I'm just one of those people that, when I'm in the field, I want to absolutely maximize everything that I can that's going to help me find game. And for me, um, again, uh, I get to use kind of all of them. But um, I, I, I tend to go to the best piece of glass I can get, and, you know, I put it on a tripod, I slow down, and, and those will help you find more game. Now, I want to be really clear about something. If, Jay, you and I went out on a day, and I know that we would have a little friendly competition about who's going to find more game and how fast, and, and, and by the way, if you're not doing that, 
you should be because it's a lot of fun. You could have a set of Vortex and I could have a set of Swarovskis and we could be sitting there and just because I have the Swarovskis, it doesn't magically mean that I'm going to score more more hits on game than you. It just means that some of the little things are going to be better. Maybe the focus is a little better for your eyes. Maybe the eye release is a little better for your eyes. Maybe it cuts through, uh, you know, it filters light better. There's just little intangible things that the, that the higher-end glass is going to do better than the Vortex. Some people might never know the difference between the two. And I think it's just important when, when a guy's choosing a piece of glass like that, because that's a big expense. You start getting into the over, you know, 1200 buck range, that's a big chunk of money. And, you know, and... and um, I, I just think that guys need to, to really look at what they want and what they're going to get out of it and how much time they're going to use it a year. Jay, I mean, you know, if you were only going to hunt for a week out of the year, some guys have a hard time spending 2200 bucks or 2250 on a set of Swarovskis as a spe- spending, you know, almost half that money on a set of, uh, of Vortex. And you know what? I Sometimes I can't quite frankly blame them. Yeah, no, so, I, I know. Um, but you know, with the new, you know, I mean, I, you know, the, the Swarovski right now, in my opinion, is is the king of the the 15s. Um, you know, they they lightened them up, they shortened them up, um, they 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 have a new abiconic prism in them. Um, everything that they did to that piece of glass, you you think to yourself, oh, they can't make it better. Well, they did. They absolutely made it better. And it's and when you compare. You know, the old 15s to the new 15s of Swarovski side by side. Um, and by the way, when, you know, when when they came out, we had them, I don't know, about a month and a half or two months before. We actually were able to take them out and compare them side by side. I had 15 Doctors, Zeiss. Um, I had Minox. I had Vortex. I had uh, uh, um, uh, Conquest HDs. I had every conceivable form of 15 out there. And I'm just going to tell you flat out that the, the Swarovski 15s for me uh, was uh, was a game changer. Um, I it, what a, an absolutely phenomenal piece of glass. So, yes, they um, are. I would agree. I've got the new ones, and I was kind of blown away when I got them. I used them this year um, in December on that general. I got them just before the general sheep hunt, uh, and uh, was blown away with how good they are. Um, Cody, I want to talk to you about. Uh, the outdoorsman's relationship with Steve Ranella, sure. and I'm I'm actually uh, going to play a clip uh, when Steve Ranella, when you guys first met, and he had drawn an Arizona Unit 32 Galeros tag. Um, just want to talk to you. Uh, I believe you've listened to the podcast that I did with Ranella, and and um, we had a good time on that. Uh, I want to talk to you about the uh, outdoorsman's relationship with Steve and and uh, some of your thoughts about what he does. Sure. Um, God, what a, what a, what a great group of people to be around. Um, Steve is, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those shows, Jay, that, you know, and again, I think you've heard me say this, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not just a, a sponsor and, 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 and Steve, you know, loves our gear and, and, you know, all that is, is, is fun and we have a great time with it. And, and you know Steve's been you know instrumental in, in helping us with certain things about the gear and and 
but the fun part it is is that when I get to watch the finished show and having known Steve and known the camera guys behind it, Mo and Dan and, and Giannis, and it's so fun because I know that they're pouring their heart and soul into every episode. You are getting – there's no fluff with Steve. I, 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 I mean, he just he's – he just says it kind of in Steve's way and he makes you think about things that maybe you didn't think of it in that way before. Um, and, and it, it, it just, it, they, they're just good guys to be around. They're guys that you would go, you know what, let me call Steve up today and see if he wants to go hunting. He, they're just that kind of people. They're not pretentious. He, you know, they're not, you know, they don't call up and, you know, demand all kinds of product and stuff. And, and quite, it's quite the contrary. They're just the easiest group of people to work with. And, 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 and I feel fortunate just to be involved with, with you know, Steve and his crew, uh, 0.0 Productions. And, you know, I mean, uh, Helen Cho and all the people involved. I, I just, it's the easiest group of people to work around that, that I can remember. And it's just a, it's a flat-out pleasure to be involved. Did you hear him in the beginning of, uh, I started into my intro and he interrupted me and said I was the most particular paranoid hunter he'd ever hunt. Did you hear that whole bit? Um, uh, no, Jay, I've never heard that before. Where, where did you get that idea? <laughs> um, no campfires, what? <laughs> no, um, Jay, there's a little, a- I, you know, I hate to break this to you, partner, but there's, there's a little bit of truth to what he's saying. <laughs> a little bit of truth. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call you out on anything today, but I. I might. I might save something for a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Uh, you're particular, all right? But. But the proof's. <laughs> the proof's in the pudding, big dog. Well, um, poor Dar. I mean, some of the things that I put him through, and he just rolls his eyes, but he seems to go along with it. But <laughs> it seems that, and, and maybe you can talk a little bit about the details. And and yes, I am very detail oriented, and I'm. I'm I'm very particular and and I try and be as efficient as I possibly can and you know quite honestly I've become that way because of so much trial and error and I I I've screwed up so many times that you know I I learned to be better and I learned to be more well, efficient and I was just curious Jay, what you had to say about well, that. Well, look here here's the deal. We all have little idiosyncrasies and things that we do or don't do that and and some of them we do by habit some we do by you know, just pure luck, and we fell into it. And I, I would just tell you that, that, you know, in all seriousness, if anybody knows you and anybody's been in your camps and everybody knows you're trying to pour your heart and soul into something, and it's not because of inches. It's not because of, you know, trying to kill the most giant bull or whatever it is. You're literally trying to give that client or that person that you're helping and you've helped a lot more people than you've you've done for your own. You're trying to give them that that experience of a lifetime, and you don't want to see it, you know, be squandered, you know, because someone because someone lit up a cigarette or someone, um, you know, was clamping their tripod legs or something. I, I mean, I can you know shutting the car door or. You know, it seems the, like I remember a group um, watching the <laughs> NFL playoffs or the college playoffs. One, one of, one of those things. I, I, I have time. never, I have never, I have never turned on a college game after you you asked us to go look at a certain place 
and been a little later than we should. I've never done that, Jay. <laughs> so we were in, I got to tell the story. We were in unit 23 and we were looking for a big bull and, and uh, we fired out and, and um, it was in the afternoon and, and I went into these guys. Um, they were staying next door and went over there and kind of rousted everybody up and let's, let's get charging and let's get going. And so I take off, I said, we're going here and you guys go there and take off down the road. Well, I forgot something and I came back and those turkeys <laughs> were in the exact same spot where I left them. You know, they kind of gave me, oh yeah, we're going. And then the next thing I know, I come in and the football games on the TV and these guys, I walk in and they look like I, that, like they had just, uh, I don't know what they, they just had to well, look but, big but, old Jay, eyes. But, no, hold on now. In all fairness, what you don't remember about that whole thing is, and with all due respect, is the hellhole that you sent us in in the morning that we had to, you know, climb into and then climb out of. And, and it's not to say that we hadn't earned the right to maybe take a couple, ten minutes to wake up and, and, and watch a little college football, right? <laughs> you know, my cousin Jimmy said, he goes, I always come up to help you on hunts, but why is it that you always send me to a place that I have to puke two or three times just getting there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the, we've, we've done that a few times. Yeah, We have done that a stuff. few times. We've had a lot of fun. Cody, I wanted to talk to you um, here. We're getting towards the end of our episode, and I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things, and that's the Outdoorsman's exclusive products. In my mind, you guys make the best uh, bino adaption uh, binocular to tripod system there is. Um, can you talk to me about some of the products that are exclusive to the Outdoorsman's, including your backpacks and your your um, uh, uh one thing that I think people really don't know about is is the adapter that goes on your uh, iPhone to take uh, digiscoping photos. Yeah, no, but I can. Can you tell can me about some of those products? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I, 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 let's just go right into the to, to the digiscoping, uh, or I should say, digiscoping, the 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 phone uh, digiscoping adapter. Um, it's a very simple system. Uh, the boys up at RCM in, in Payson have. have um, basically took an idea and we talked about it and we wanted to create a plate that had a ring that would allow us to, to, to mount different ring sizes to different, you know, spotting scopes or binoculars. Um, and the most important part of what, what we do with this piece is, is you can reuse this piece. Once you put it on a phone you can take it off that phone or that case, put new adhesive on it, and put it right back on the new phone. Um, I'm literally, uh, as we speak, I, I have a new iPhone 6 coming, and um, I'm, I, I'm literally, because I like to test my own gear, um, I will take my own plate off, and I will scrape the adhesive off, and I will put it back on a new case and put it back on my new phone. And the reason I do that is, um, is there's no need for me to walk into the room right now and grab a brand new digit adapter, or I mean digit adapter, a, a brand new digiscoping, you know, phone adapter. Um, there's there's no reason for me to reuse another product, um, and I'm just going to test my own gear, and um, that way, you know, I can tell customers how to do it, and uh, and then it works. Um, the pictures that I've been getting from it are phenomenal. Uh, there's a couple pictures that I would dang there tell you are magazine quality. I mean, you've seen the antelope pictures. Um, 
and I just I think it's a very simple system to use, and what I like to call you know uh, uh, cataloging uh, my scouting trips and and my my hunting and um, and I, you just get to, to to record some really cool things that that God I remember when you and I used to hold our phones up to the to the eyepieces and try to get these you know non vignetting you know black around the edges pictures and. And boy, have we have we gone a, and come a long way from that. Um, the the digitapter or digitapter, and we changed the name recently. It's digitapting phone adapter, di, digiscoping phone adapter. So I I have a hard time uh, getting to the new name. Um, long story short, uh, that product retails for thirty nine ninety nine, and then each ring is thirty four ninety nine. And uh, if you have any questions, any concerns on how to use that product, uh, you can look on our website. There's some video on the website. And if you have more questions than that, please feel free to call us because we'll help you out. And um, I want to be clear with that, Cody, is you can that can adapt to basically all kinds of spotting scopes and all kinds of binoculars. Yeah, so we've someone, I mean, we've and look, there's a lot of old spotting scopes that guys want to adapt to that we don't we haven't really created sizes for. Um, but we've been able to build up or build down and make custom fit, you know, ring sizes for people. Um, you know, I think the most unique thing about our phone is, is that you can put our phone, uh, uh, digiscoping body on a, uh, an iPhone, or you can put it on a, on a, on one of the, the Samsung, uh, phones, you know, the, the notebooks. I mean, and I don't recommend this only because it's too big, but I actually mounted one on an iPad just to see if it would work, and it does. Um, it's just it's really heavy on the optics, so I I, I obviously don't do it. But um, you can you, we've just found that you can mount these on a lot of different phones, and you know people change phones. You know, God, I know I know guys that change phones. You know, about once a year. So um, they, it's just really easy with our system to take it off and put it on that phone and and move on. Right on. So, um, um, and then uh, bino adapters. Yeah, uh, bino adapters. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things that that we do really, really exceptionally well. Um, we can take an EL binocular, and we we can you can send us your binocular, and we can mount a stud in it, and and then you would need a, a bino adapter to to do that and. And um, that that's a, a, a fifty. Uh, it's actually a sixty dollar fee to do the the bino or to do the stud and the and the ELs, and then the bino adapter is a sixty dollar fee. So for about a hundred for one hundred twenty bucks plus the shipping, you can you know we can we can take care of you and mount any EL binocular, um, and then any binocular that has a quarter twenty thread in it. We can take one of our custom studs, and we have several different models, and we can mount that to your binocular, and then that stud will go in any of our bino adapters. So um, we just have a really uh, simple uh, way to slip the stud into the bino adapter, and then it locks once, and then it, there's a knurled knob on top, and if and that will actually lock your binoculars into place, and Quite frankly, I think it's the most secure, it's the most lightweight and steady of all the bino adapters that I've ever seen created. And we've been doing I would agree for, with that. I, I, it, it's the one product, Jay, that we've been doing, and 
if you come in on a Monday morning and you look at our, our online orders or you look at the phone orders, it, it is the one product that literally it's just like clockwork every day. We I can't tell you how many we do a day. And uh, it's it, it's just, you know, I, it really kind of makes me happy because it makes me know that people are, are really doing uh, and putting their, their optics, you know, up on on uh, on tripods and our bino adapters are cut with a um uh they're cut with a a a, a weaver style wedge that goes into our own tripods but even if you were going to use somebody else's tripod and head um they have a quarter 20 screw on the bottom of that that you can screw like a for instance a manfrotto or a bogan plate will screw right up into the bottom of the bino adapter, and you can use it on other tripods. So um, I, I think it's the one piece of gear that truly um, sets us apart um, because it, it's just it's so um, widespread, and, and, and it, pretty much anybody that's got a quarter 20 screw can use these. And, and we sell them to people with Nikons, Pentax, uh, Collis, um, anybody that's got a quarter 20 screw, Koa, um, you know, Zeiss, Leica, you know, the, the Swarovski, everybody. And, uh, and it's, it's the one thing I, I think truly sets our gear apart from others. Yeah, Cody, and I know you have a great line of backpacks. I know you have awesome line of uh, tripods and sleeping bags and a bunch of other uh, stuff. We'll have to cover that on another episode. Sure uh, I want I want to thank you for being on with us today, and I want to uh, wish you the best on your uh, 13B uh, deer hunt, and congratulate you on your antelope hunt last year, and and um, you've shot some fine coos deer, and it's always fun talking with you, and I uh, want to thank you for the great job that you guys do down at the Outdoorsman's with the well, best customer service in the business. And Jay, um, I, I, I just want to thank you for obviously giving me the opportunity to to talk about hunting and showcase some of my gear and and you know to let me do my thing. But um, I just I, I can't tell you enough. Um, you're doing a great job with the podcast. Um, I uh, you know I'm not trying to blow smoke, but bottom line is, is I'm a fan, you know, just as, you know, we've had a long friendship over the years and, uh, I've, I've been working out and getting in shape and, and I've been, uh, been, you know, listening to every podcast and, you know, just keep doing the work you're doing and, uh, you're bringing good information to a, to a lot of people and uh, I'm just proud to be a part of it. And I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Cody. And I want to give you a chance to, um, tell the listeners, uh, the best way to get a hold of you, um, and your websites. Uh, I know um, you guys have been kicking out some great stuff on Instagram and your Facebook page. Uh, you've been really ramping that up. So why don't you tell me where the best way, the best phone number, how, how can people the, reach the you? The best way to get a hold of us is, you know, our, our, our email, or I'm sorry, our, 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 our website address is www.outdoorsmans.com, and that's O-U-T-D-O-O-R-S-M-A-N-S.com. Our phone number is 1-800-291-8065. Um, you know, we are uh, in-house uh, Monday through Saturday. Uh, you know, and if there's any questions, um, you know, that, that our website doesn't answer, you know, go to the website, spend some time, look around. We have a brand-new website. The, our, our, uh, our web designers just absolutely rocked it, and we love what they're doing. 
Um, we, we shot a ton of videos that have uh, very detailed descriptions. Um, the Western Hunter guys really helped us out with that. Um, and I urge you to go on the website, look at our parts, look at the videos that correspond to them, and, uh, and take a look. And if there's anything that there's not on there that you don't get quite, you know, answered, don't ever hesitate to call us. That's what we're here for. That's our business. And, and, and don't kid yourself. We love talking about optics. Awesome, buddy. Well, thanks for being on. I look forward to having you on again. And like I said, uh, uh, until I see you next time, God bless you. And I, I'm wishing the best for you on your big hunt coming up. And I hope you get a big giant buck. Thanks, big dog. I appreciate it. You have a great day. All right, buddy. Take care.